Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and joining me is Rob Porter. Rob, where are you at and what are you up to? I'm in Oxford, England. Um, tail end of a, a very long but productive day, and I'm just chilling out, looking forward to watching uh, Chelsea against Real Madrid in a little while. So, yes, relaxing on the sofa. Was there a little bit of soccer uh, today? There was a morning holiday camps. Um, so, I mean, I run our, our holiday camps for Oxford in the community. Um, and then in the afternoon, I went to a local prison where I do coach education for prisoners. So, um, productive day. So, I got home about five-ish and then jumped on with you and then uh, a little bit of football to finish off the evening. So, good day. Um, I've never heard of coaching in a prison. What does that even entail? What's that look like? Um, it's one where when I started starting my new job, it was sort of part of the job was, was going to be doing it. And I, I really admit the first time I went to a prison, I was very nervous to say the least. So I went round, had a look and basically it's, 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 um, something called the twinning project. So it's basically coach education. It's free, It's basically a level one, um, coaching course in the UK. And basically we go in, um, work with a cohort of, sort of normally 12 to 14 uh, people over sort of 10 weeks. And at the end of it, they basically have a, a level one in coaching. They've just got to finish off like their safeguards in the first aid when they get out. So good way of giving people new skills and hopefully sort of putting them on a, a good career path when they're released. What did you find out that was kind of eye-opening when you got in there? Not just the the whole atmosphere, but how open they were to you coming in and working with them and creating this opportunity. Uh, one thing I did learn straight away is no slide tackles in prison. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to slide tackle, which is which is fair enough. But, um, no, do you know what? It's, as I said, from the outside, it's one of the things you think, oh, this is going to be quite daunting and and kind of something a bit different. But actually, do you know what? It's actually one of the highlights of my week. Absolutely love it. Really enjoy it. They're a really good group of lads. Um, obviously, the the criteria of the course, they, they're on good behaviour. They're um, not sort of long-term sentences. They're people who can get a DBS when they come out. So, you know, and they absolutely love it. You know, they're, they're there, they're learning, and they're getting to play football as well. So, you know, it's a win-win situation. But, you know, it's it's been such a positive experience. As I say, it's sort of the, the highlight, one of the highlights of my week, in fairness. And you mentioned holiday camps. I know what, around Easter, there's like a break from school. Uh, what's a holiday camp look like? Is that just for certain ages or what kind of setup do you guys have? Yeah, so we do from 4 to 13 on our holiday camps. Um, we've, we're quite lucky. The main venue for our main one in Oxford's at um, a local school and they've got a dome. So we're indoors. So like this afternoon where it, well, there was sort of lunchtime before I left, it was already raining and it was pouring down in the afternoon. Everybody's dry, everybody's still enjoying themselves. So from that point of view, it's good. And yeah, it's really positive. It's, you know, it's getting getting kids a chance to, you know, the way the culture's going in, I think most countries now is a lot of kids spend a lot of time sort of uh, sat behind an Xbox or, or a PS5 or something like that. So actually gets them out, they're running around, they're sort of so they're getting exercise, plenty of football, they're enjoying themselves, they're making new friends, they're communicating. So yeah, that's that's good as well, in fairness. What was it about Oxford United that drew you um there in the first place? Um in fairness, I was born and raised in Oxford, so sort of all my life I spent in Oxford. So I'm actually a Leeds fan, in fairness, I'll hold my hands up. 
Um, and that's kind of more come from the family sort of side of it. It's sort of passed down. But as I said, born in Oxford, raised in Oxford, love Oxford as a place. So getting a chance to coach from my sort of local hometown team is, you know, dream come true, true to be honest with you. You mentioned Leeds and family. So is soccer been a passion for many generations in the Porter family? Yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of passed down from sort of my granddad to my dad and then to me. So, yeah, it did get passed down in fairness, along with I'm sort of also representing San Francisco 49ers tonight. So big into the American football as well, in fairness, as well as as well as football. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's something that I played a bit when I was younger, but sort of had a couple of back sur- back um back problems, back surgery as well, and kind of just put pay to wasn't the best player anyway. I was always one where I could see everything and I knew what to do, but my feet didn't want to play ball. So um yeah, you played a bit, enjoyed myself, but yeah, coaching's uh coaching's sort of the passion now in fairness. Was there a time as you were going through that and you figured out I'm not maybe as skilled as I could be. I've got some injuries. Was that kind of the coaching? How did coaching come about um, to where you're at now? So coaching actually came about, uh, my son started playing, and actually both my sons had really sort of bad experiences to start with in grassroots football, where it was teams where, like my eldest, he started playing for a local team, and he was all right, but he wasn't the greatest, and he would get like five minutes 10 minutes and he was left on the left on the bench the whole time so he moved clubs and the coach there was was decent and he sort of said you know I'm actually I'm looking he had an assistant anyway who was going to go and study abroad so he said oh do you want to jump on board so I did um coached my eldest for a few years then sort of got involved with United in the community um from there got involved with the girls academy as well and I still do some grassroots coaching with my eldest son's team at uh, my youngest son's team now so still involved with that what was it like being coach and dad when you were coaching your boys? That was a learning process. With my oldest, and I'll freely admit, it wasn't great to start with. And that was partly down to me. Obviously, he was a hormonal teenager, so partly down to him as well. But I didn't manage it very well. And it's, it's inexperience. You know, same with all coaching. When you're less experienced, you do make mistakes. Um, but no, that got better. And, you know, with my youngest son now, he's still playing, but he's starting to coach as well. So um, he's sort of starting, he's just turned 16 and he's helping out with a local grassroots team, a lot of the younger age groups, the, the club he plays for. So no, it's, it's got a lot better, but it's trial and error, I think, with everything, to be honest with you. But now, you know, we've got a good relationship and it's knowing boundaries, I think, as much as anything. It's knowing to leave it on the field and when you can maybe have a chat at home and when you don't. But Obviously, making sure it's not, oh, you should have done that better. That was rubbish. It's more, you know, a positive talk and stuff like that. But, you know, I think every child's different in fairness. I think some just want it left on the field. And, but no, fairness, both my sons, you know, they played. My eldest doesn't coach. I don't think he ever will. But yeah, the youngest, I think he, he could be good at it in fairness, hopefully. I was going to ask, like, what, how, how has he done that the youngest that has kind of hopped into the coaching? Is it kind of cool to see almost like a younger version of yourself kind of figuring things out? Yeah, it's been quite difficult because I go down with him because his sessions afterwards, or it has been over the winter. So he's helping out and then he trains afterwards. So I'm down there and I've kind of found it quite difficult not to kind of <laughs> step in or say something or. So, yeah, I've kind of left him. I've, I've said to him, look, at the end of the day, this is your journey. I'm here. If you ever want some help, 
if you ever want some advice, if you ever just want to ask a few questions. But I'm not going to interfere, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to be overbearing and sort of take the reins or anything like that. So, no, it's been good. I think he, he sees things pretty well himself, in fairness. He sees stuff in other coaches like, well, I would do that differently, which is absolutely fantastic for a 16-year-old. So, no, it's really good. You mentioned working in the girls' academy. What's it like to work with girls versus kind of working with the male side? Do you know what? In all honesty, I, I, I coach both. I think I prefer coaching girls, in fairness. I do find it more challenging, which is probably the reason why I like it, where with boys, if you say, right, we're going to do this, and they'll just get on and do it. With girls, a lot of the time they'll want to know why. Why are we doing this and what are we going to get out with it? Which I think is absolutely brilliant because it, it challenges you as a coach to actually have the reasoning behind it. Because, you know, if you don't, you say, well, we're just doing it because, then, you know, they want that buy. They, you know, you need to give them that buy-in. And I think, no, I, I, I do enjoy coaching girls. I think it's, it's a really positive experience. Did anyone else in your family get involved in soccer? Was dad a soccer player or mom or any of anybody else or sibling as you were growing up? Not really. No, no. I've got two sisters. Um, not really, to be honest with you. It's kind of started more with me. Obviously, my dad enjoyed football, watching football, but not really playing. Um, so, yeah, now I'm sort of the, the, the start of it. <laughs> so, and hopefully it's going to carry on through future generations with a bit of luck. I was going to say, a lot of people don't understand what it means to be growing up in England with the craziness of soccer there. What is it like, like in the neighborhood? You talk about Oxford United kind of being maybe the neighborhood club. What what does that even mean, if you could put it into terms? It's an interesting one. Cause like the holiday camps are a, a really interesting example because you've got quite a few Oxford United fans. But you've got, and obviously everyone's Oxfordshire-based, but there's Tottenham fans, there's Arsenal fans, there's Man City fans. So, um, obviously Leeds losing to Crystal Palace at the weekend. I did get some get some grief on Tuesday from some of the kids because obviously I've you know, told them a Leeds fan. So, and it, it is, yeah, it is a different, it's a different culture, isn't it? It's, you know, it's that embedded where, and a lot of them, in fairness, there will be, especially with kids these, I think there's like, there's Oxford United, they do like Oxford United, but then also there's the Premier League. So they've got, oh yeah, I support Oxford, but I also support Man City or also support Arsenal. So, you know, it's one where, as I said, I'm a Leeds fan, but I sort of Oxford's got a, got a place in my heart and I go quite regularly, partly work and partly when I'm not working. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things really. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's embedded in the culture, isn't it, in fairness. Did you go to games as, as a youngster as well? Yeah, I used to. I used to go to Leeds quite a lot, but not for quite a few years now, just because of work and stuff like that. So, still go to, go to quite a few Oxford games. Go to quite a few of the women's games as well, and that's um, they're doing really well. Oxford United women's team. Um, so yeah, I'd sort of get along when I can. It's interesting because both my sons, none of them, they love playing football. They're not the biggest fans of watching it, especially on TV. Neither son will actually watch it at game on TV. The youngest will come to. Oxford games, but he won't watch it on TV. So they love playing it, but they're not not sort of avid fans from that side of it, which is quite interesting. But one of those things. So as you're as you're coming up, are you coaching teams that are playing in league games and and that type of stuff? Not just kind of this the holiday camps and all that type of stuff. Like, I guess maybe outside of the holiday camps, what what does Rob? What are you rock and rolling with at this point? Uh, my week is very varied, put it that way. So. For, the, for an example, we I see B 
bit different when it's in the holidays. But Monday, I'll be in a school um, doing some PE support and some small groups, maths and English. So there's sort of some sort of uh, teaching as well, sort of teaching assistant sort of role, doing after school club. And then I'll have a girls' academy session in the evening. Um, Tuesday is sort of more my work from home day where I do a lot of a lot of computer work. Um, and then I've got some grassroots coaching in the evening. Wednesday, I've got the twinning project and a couple other sessions. We do a disability session and stuff like that, which is also really productive. Thursdays is after school clubs and um, academy sessions. Friday is development centre. And then the weekend is games. So we've got Bristol City at home this weekend, which should be should be quite a good one, in fairness. So there's all sorts. There's some training for, obviously, the, the girls' academy and the 14s playing the league. And a lot of the other stuff is more sort of development centre stuff. So they play for a grassroots team and there's, it's extra coach on the top of that. So I hear all of that and I think to myself, my gosh, there's a lot going on. How do you how do you keep it all organized? Are you an organized person or is it just that you just kind of know today's the day I'm doing this, this and this and I get through it? I've got a lot. Of, I'm uh, quite an organized person. I've got a lot of stuff on the calendar. So I'll have uh, stuff pop up that, right, I need to be doing this at this certain time. And it's become a bit more of a routine now. So I know where I am most days. Um bits and bobs pick up and sort of and part of my job is also things like coach recruitment as well so a lot of that is more networking and and emailing and stuff like that so there's there's some sort of more behind the scenes stuff to go with the the time on the grass so it's quite it's quite varied and it's quite enjoyable to be honest with you but um no two weeks are quite the same so (laughs) keep you on your toes for sure the other thing that i i love is how much you all go into um, the community and do things. So like the after school program, you're in the school helping out a teacher during a, a, a gym time, um, the disabilities. Is that one of the biggest, like, is there a mission statement or a vision for um, Oxford United and, and all of the different options that you're giving in terms of players getting to experience soccer? Yeah, so basically, so I'm lead coach for Oxford United in the community, which is like the, the official sort of the charity for Oxford United, the charity sort of arm of it. So a lot of our stuff is community engagement. And um, I said it's it's realistic. It's some of the most um, beneficial stuff. It's some of the most enjoyable stuff you'll sort of ever do. You know, getting to do stuff like going to a prison, doing disability sessions. We do um, something called Premier League Kicks, which goes to sort of more deprived areas and gives them gives kids who might be out on the street on a Friday night doing stupid things, gives them the opportunity to, to go and play football. So, yeah, it's um it's one way. It's, it's about giving back to the community, which, as I said, being Oxford born and bred, I think it's, it's a really positive thing for me to be able to do. How does one create those kind of partnerships? How, do, how has this kind of evolved? Is it a lot of just like, hey, we're going to come to you and reach out? Or how has all of this kind of fallen into place? Uh, that's a lot most of that well, the vast majority of that's above sort of my level and in fairness the, the people who run the community do a very good job of engaging with different partners engaging with different other charities and seeing how we can work together with other charities to sort of do things that benefit the community and it's um yeah so it's a really positive experience all around i see my part of it is more i'm looking to build our, our holiday camps where we've got two at the moment in sort of one in oxford and one in banbury and sort of build on it from there and, and add new ones and sort of build that side of it as well as 
building our coaching base as well. So, and then obviously the the day to day coaching part of it. So that's sort of my my main responsibilities. So you told us about the prison experience and and helping them learn about the coaching um, training and what have you. What goes into like when you work with like little players that have disabilities? What's that experience look like um, when you set those sessions up? Yeah, it's good. In fairness, we've got our, our sort of social inclusion lead who does a very good job. Um, so I'm sort of more there assisting him, in fairness. But we've had um, a local school come in and it's been a really positive experience over the few weeks, seeing them improve their skills, becoming better players. And we've been lucky enough where we, we've been at the training ground. We've had sort of a couple of the first team players come down and sort of take part in sessions and and stuff like that. So that's sort of really positive for them as well. Um, but no, it's, it's something that I'm, I must admit before this role, I hadn't really done any disability coaching. So it's something that I'm sort of looking to improve on myself. It's a, it's another string to my bow where it's an area that I do need to do a lot of improvement on, but it's an area that I think is, is really beneficial and brings a lot of enjoyment to myself as well. In fairness. Have you always had this kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to say like an open heart or some uh, kind of always helping those around you. Like even as a youngster, when you're coming up, did you always have some kind of an empathetic, I guess that's what I'm looking for empathy for others. And like, what can I do to help, you know, I'm in a good place myself personally, but what can I do to help others that may not be as fortunate? I think one of the, I'm not the greatest coach in the world. I think one thing that I do have is I'm quite a people person and I can talk to anyone and I can talk for hours to anyone and um and i think that helps me helps me quite a lot and that's in terms of like my social media engagement i do get some some stick from some of the fellow coaches i sort of coach with about about my sort of the amount of time i spend on social media but part of it is like therapy for myself because it's just literally whatever comes to my mind but i managed to help quite a few coaches as well which is obviously that's beneficial to me if i can if i can help other people but yeah it's always something i've enjoyed um, you know, enjoyed sort of giving back and trying to be quite a selfless person when possible because, you know, life's too short to be miserable and be boring. And, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to enjoy yourself and, and hopefully bring joy to other people as well. And, you know, it's, it's all sort of rolls into one, doesn't it, in the end? When you look at all the things that you're doing, is there, are we missing something maybe in the youth game that we could do better? all the way across the board, you talk about helping other coaches um, out there. Are there things that you see now that maybe we could start incorporating a little bit more across the board? Now, one, th yeah, one thing in the UK, whereas we had COVID and sort of things changed and the FA level one, which is like the, the start, your start of coaching course used to be like four or five days in person. And it's now gone online. So, and I can understand why that's happened from the FA's point of view, but you know, in the UK, it means you can start coaching and you could have never seen a coaching session live. You could never have spoken to another coach in person. You could never have seen a tutor and seen best practice in person. And basically you're let loose. And I think we need to do a better job of engaging those coaches because you know, you do see some bad practice in grassroots football as well as you do in, in every level of football. But I do wonder, and it, it's something I've pondered quite a lot, is how much of it is because they're a bad person or how much is it because they've just not been engaged and they haven't been shown 
what what they need to do to improve themselves. Um, but it's how you engage those coaches is, is the interesting question. You know, I've had uh, a few dialogues on social media and, you know, we have like called uh, in the UK CPD, um, Continuous Professional Development. So we have CPD events where coaches come along and they learn, but it's not compulsory. So you get the you get coaches who want to learn turn up, but it's the coaches who don't. It's reaching them. I think we need to do a better job of. And how you do that is is the is the big question, I suppose. The other thing that I love about it is how important has it been that you haven't just sat at a pitch and said, Hey, show up and we'll do it. You've been taking a lot of your stuff. You're going to the prison. You're going to the school with the dome. How important has it been that you're not just kind of hunkered down in one spot and asking people to come to you that you're actually going to them? I think as a coach, you know, so I'm big on is getting as many different experiences as possible. I think you can just work with one age group like all the way through and you will become a better coach, but getting a variety of experiences and a variety of different environments, I think is, is really good for coach development. You know, from, from my point of view, realistically now, now if I can go into a prison and, and coach prisoners to become coaches, there's really isn't sort of anything that daunts me anymore. You know, it's, well, what, what can I find that is more challenging than that realistically? So, you know, going out and challenge yourself. And it's something that I used to struggle with, you know, every time I've gone up to a new sort of area or, or done something new, I've always struggled with imposter syndrome. It's always been, you know, I've gone from going grassroots coaching to doing some stuff for the community. Am I good enough? You know, and then going from there and going to the girls Academy as well. So it's some areas I've really struggled for, for, for months in fairness. So, you know, but the more you challenge yourself, the more you get out of your comfort zone, the better you're going to get for me personally. I was going to say, how does one get through that? Because I can relate as completely with what you're saying. Is it just one of those that you just have to keep showing up and you kind of build relationships and trust and then you just kind of your confidence builds the more you're doing it? Uh, definitely. Hopefully as well. If you've got good people around you, they'll help you as well. You know, if you, one thing I'm big on is, it's praising people when they're doing a good job because that can help and that kind of thing. Uh, I've been really lucky where I've worked and I still do work with some really good coaches who've sort of helped me through that and, and show me that actually what I'm doing is good where I've been sort of quite negative in myself and all well, that wasn't good enough. And I could have done that better. And they've given me some positivity and some positive feedback and some, some peer to peer reviews and that, that sort of stuff definitely helps. So the people you're around is, is important but yeah part of it is just that getting past it mentally i know it's difficult to say you know just get on and get through it but to a certain extent you will get comfortable you know eventually and it might take some time but you know and it's something i think we all go through to a certain extent but you know some more than others i must i'll hold my hands up and say it's something i've really struggled with in the past when you look back and you think about the transition from player to coach, was were there coaches back then that you look back on and say they kind of inspired me to get into this a little bit more? I was really lucky. So when I started with my eldest team, there was the manager, who's the one who asked me to come on board, and the coach who was leaving to go abroad, and they actually didn't for another season. So it was actually three of us. And the manager, hats off to him, lovely bloke, but he was very, very old school, very line drills, very shouty, very authoritarian. 
where the other coach was, he was doing his FA youth modules, he was younger, he was friendly. And so I got to see kind of both sides of it from the start. So, and that kind of helped me, I think, in terms of I saw what good practice was. And don't get me wrong, the other coach, he was a, a great bloke, lovely bloke, but obviously his, his methods were probably just not, you know, not what maybe they should have been, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, that definitely helped me. What were some of the things that you, uh, in terms of the the one coach that was a little bit younger and how nice was it to be kind of sponging off of someone who was going through a, like a coaching licensure kind of thing where you'd be like, oh, I might need to get into that myself. Oh yeah. It was, it was very helpful because I saw him doing some of like his um, in situ sort of where the coach would come and watch him and stuff like that. So I got to see some good practice from, from basically the start of my coaching journey, which I think was was pretty good. And it goes back to what we said, you know, now if you're not seeing anyone and you're not seeing good practice, and you're not seeing tutors and stuff like that, how, and don't get me wrong, social media especially is, is great. You know, the amount of stuff you can take off social media, um, YouTube, stuff like that is, is absolutely fantastic. But actually seeing it in person is is big. Is definitely big. So, no, I think for me it was a it was a massive advantage sort of early in my journey to 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 see sort of those things. You've mentioned the social media side, Twitter, YouTube, and all that types of stuff. How has that helped in terms of you growing uh, awareness of what's going on with Oxford United? I think in terms of like the social media, I think it, it's a massive for me. I. As I said it's kind of therapeutic for me to a certain extent because you know something comes into my head and I just just tweet it out because you know and some of it some of it's all right and some of it's maybe a bit random but but no I think um, in terms of the club it it's very beneficial because we sort of get to show what we're doing and I get to sort of I do tweet about what I'm doing in the community quite a lot because I think it's it's good for good for people to see what we're doing the positive things we're doing but um, as I said yeah it's it's something where I do get a bit of a uh, bit of stick for my social media, but you know, it is what it is. I'll take that to be honest with you. It's my two vices are Twitter and football boots. So if that's, if that's what your vices are, you're not doing too badly. What is, uh, what is football boots? Oh, so yeah. So my, literally my, my boots are coaching. So I've got about, I think the last cat went about 10 or 11 pairs of football boots. Um, like from obviously the old, you know, Adidas Copper Mundials to I've got some pretty funky ones, but yeah, I, I do like football boots. That's kind of my my thing. When my missus says about you know the amount of football boots I've got, it's like, well, I could be going to the pub drinking or stuff like that. So the fact I'm buying football boots is probably you know it's not that bad. You just mentioned uh, your missus. What has it been like having her in the mix? How is she, uh, you know? balance you out from because you know your soccer from start to finish now you're home you're having a soccer podcast then you're gonna go and watch soccer later tonight what 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 has it been like having her there um along the yeah as she's watched you kind of progress to the coaching journey oh uh, yeah i try to make sure i switch off to a certain extent which in fairness they're out this evening anyway so i've got the house to myself so <laughs> i don't feel so badly about it but no i, I truly try to set boundaries especially now i'm sort of coaching full-time making sure that I'm actually switched. Like the first few weeks, I was literally nonstop, like 24-7. I was waking up, thinking about coaching and thinking about this and that with a job. So I'm trying to sort of set better boundaries now. Um, 
But no, she's been she's been good. She is kind of my sounding board when I've had a sort of a rust session or you know, I used to take defeats really badly as well as a younger coach. I don't mind admitting that either. Where now I'm, you know, I can take it or leave it. In the, the day, I'll t- I'll take what I can learn and I help the players learn from a defeat. But at the same time, I kind of t- try to detach myself from it emotionally rather than letting it ruin the weekend. But no, she had to put up with the brunt of that back in the day as well. So fair place for her for, for sticking by me through that. But no, I think, um, no, she's good in terms of, I can sound ideas off her and, you know, if I've had a bad day, she'll listen to that. But she's not a big football fan, in fairness. But, no, she does a good job of uh, supporting me. What does Rob do to kind of get away from soccer? Um, is there some hobbies or do you go on vacations? What do you do to kind of sometimes just, I got to get away to recharge the batteries? I do like a vacation. We try to get a, a couple of holidays a year. We're going to Tenerife in uh june went to a ib for last october for and that kind of doubled up as a honeymoon so i do like a nice a nice holiday and a nice beach and a bit of sunshine was really into fishing but to be honest with you the kind of coaching's taken over and the fishing stuff is like in the cupboard at the moment and i'm kind of getting a bit of uh shouldn't you be selling that because you don't go fishing but i'm kind of trying to gonna try to carve out the time to get back into that but now i'm working out running at times, although sort of been a bit of a bit of a rubbish winter, so the running boots haven't come, uh, the running shoes haven't come on that much. But yeah, no, just chilling out, spending time with the family, getting out, going for a walk, and uh, yeah, just trying to get your mind off it. Because see, coaching's great, but you can kind of burn yourself out if you take, you know, if you you do too much. What does what does like a year of soccer? look like coaching wise in England you talked about going really 24 7 for three weeks is there are there breaks or is it pretty much kind of a 12 month experience for you yeah so obviously mine will be now in full time it will be 12 months of the year um basically so with the girls academy they start in sort of end of July well, sort of actually mid sort of July and it runs to end of May so you have some time off of that over the summer um the community stuff now will be literally be the development centre will stay until the start of the summer holidays, which is sort of end of July, and then come back in September. But no, literally, it will be all summer will be will be holiday camp, so it's going to be uh, a busy summer to be honest with you. Hopefully, a productive summer as well. But no, there's no rest for the wicked. Put it that way. Do the girls that are in the academy is their aspirations to make it to like the first team or to maybe go off to, and on loan to other? Uh clubs that are out there we've been yeah we've been uh the r it's called the rtc at the moment so the girls academy i've done a really good job over the last few seasons of of bringing players up from the under 16s is the end of the pathway to our development center sides and then on to the first team so no it, it's really positive at the moment we've had players um with some international honors as well so no it's, re- it's really good it's um it's a productive pathway which is which is showing sort of progression, which you're not just cutting off at 16 and see you later. There's, there's a lot of players going on and staying with the club and making first team debuts. So it's good. You're doing work with players as young as four, um, you know, talking about four to 13 in the holiday camps. And then you've got this girls Academy and there's U 16s and U 14s. What's the kind of mindset when you're, when you have to deal with so many different age groups, does, 
is it still the same type of coaching or how do you, how do you balance what you do? Is it more fun, I guess, with the younger versus the older, how does your mindset go when you're going into sessions, you know, from youngest to maybe oldest, or even the ones with international experience, the expectation for them is a little bit different than what you would do with a four or five year old. Oh, massively. And that's one of the things that sort of goes back to having that experience and experience with different environments. And I think for me, one of the, the, the main, main things on my coaching is fun is enjoyment in a day, whether you're coaching a four year old foundation phase or whether you're coaching whoever, it's got to be enjoyable. At the end of the day, we all play football to enjoy ourselves. If it's not enjoyable, what is the point of doing it? So no, that's always a key for me. Obviously, coaching is different. You're not going to coach a four-year-old the same as a 16-year-old. You're not going to coach a player in a holiday camp session as the same you would do in a, an academy session. So that it goes back to about that adaptability, I think, um, which is something I've, I've you know, worked on over the years. And I, I do sort of see myself as being able to sort of communicate with different people. And it goes back to being a people person. Um, sat there with a lad earlier who, you know, he'd hurt his knee and sort of sat there chatting to him and he's about four or five. And, you know, so I think it's, um, it all comes with experience. I think experience definitely helps and having that ability to talk to people and communicate and, and getting to know people is massive as well. You know, getting to understand what makes someone tick. It, it was in the, in the, the session in the prison earlier, we were looking at match days and the warm up and, how different people respond to do you respond to an arm around the shoulder and and positivity or or you know do you respond to actually a bit of a bit of a kick up the arse and you know you know getting people going so and it goes back to knowing your players if you don't know your players you're not going to know how to how to get the best out of them you talked about being uh, a recruiter for coaches trying to grow the you know oxford united and the community stuff that you're doing how important has it been surrounding yourself with like-minded coaches and then how much time do you spend you talked about experience how much time do you spend helping those other coaches that are joining the force with you yeah so we're sort of building on at the moment in terms of in terms of coach recruitment i've done quite well over the first few months got a few coaches on board I've uh, got a few practical interviews coming up over the next couple of weeks. So sort of continuing to grow the, grow the workforce. And then, yeah, it's sort of more looking at that CPD at the moment of how we can in-house look to look to improve our coaches and and sort of become a better workforce, you know. So it's something that, as I said, I'm quite new to the role. So it's kind of a work in progress and I've got ideas and, yeah, it's kind of and it's getting everything out of here and onto paper. But no, it's it's going all right at the moment in terms of in terms of coach recruitment. We've got some some good young coaches on board who I'm quite excited to work with. So no, it's it's going going well. What's it like when you get those ideas? Are you able to be patient and like you said, get them on paper? Or do you find yourself sometimes like, Well, I gotta slow down a little bit and let things kind of fall into place? Definitely. That was that first sort of three weeks of the three weeks month for the job where it was like I could do this and what about this? And and I think it's doing one or two things well to start with and then moving on rather than trying to get 10 things going and not actually get anything going because you're sort of spreading yourself too thin. So no, it's, um yeah, it's a learning curve for me as well of how quickly I can do things. And the fact that actually a lot of stuff does need patience, especially when you're working with other people, it's not just me doing it or me and one other person. So you have to work with people and you know different people work at different paces and so yeah it's been been a 
sort of a, a learning experience for me as well. As you look forward, let's say five, 10 years down the road, where do you see like Oxford United and the community stuff kind of going? What's the, is there an ultimate goal or you just keep adding a layer and, and we'll just keep going till we'll see where we're at? I think there is, you know, they're, they're looking to expand. Also, I don't know, I've, I've probably not wanted to go, shouldn't really go into too many details about Aussie future projects and, and stuff like that. Um, but no, I think it's, it's in a good place where, there's good people who want to do good things for the community. So I think it will grow and it will, will sort of continue to grow over the next few years. But where that goes, we'll, we'll wait and see, I suppose. The one thing too, that's refreshing is you all aren't like just settling for like, this is, we're doing good stuff. We'll just keep doing this. Like there's clearly a push to like, we can keep doing more, uh, which I really, really like. Yeah, I'm I with the holiday camp, so I did my first one in February. Where I was in charge of, and sort of built on that from there. Different things I've learned, different ways we can make the holiday camps better for those participating, and um, yeah, everything's a growing experience. In the, the day, if you if you're not looking to grow, you're kind of you're stagnating. And as a coach, I don't want to end up in my comfort zone and sort of just going through the motions. I always want to, you know, one of the things I'm big on is if we ask our players to work hard and improve, then we should be doing the same as houses coaches. It's a bit, I wouldn't feel right if I was just going through the motions and then I'm screaming at players, which I don't in fairness, but I'm screaming at players saying, oh, you should do better, you should be improving when you're not doing it yourself. So I think you should be seen to sort of be improving yourself if you want your players to improve as well. One of the things that I've always wondered about is what is what things do you do to deal with the weather? Do we just play in it? Um, are there times that it's just too bad that we can't do anything? Um, I know the dome sounds amazing, like what an op- awesome option to have. Uh, but sometimes I don't think people understand like what the weather's like. What is it like to be training in a cold rain? Uh, I'm one of them coaches. I I don't wear trousers. I wear shorts twenty four seven. I looked at my wardrobe and I've got like the last four or five years of Oxford United like jogging bottoms still with the labels on because I just don't wear them in fairness. Um, so I'm not that I'm not that phased by the by the cold weather. We're quite lucky. I was in the UK. We haven't got the the sort of Texas where it's like ridiculously hot or sort of Buffalo where it's like feet of snow. So we don't get the extremes that sort of you got over there. In the day, it's it's an all weather sport, isn't it? So if it's pouring out of rain, you get on with it. If it's freezing cold, you get on with it. You know, you also you have to adapt your coaching. You don't want players stood still if it's minus two. You know, you need to keep them moving. And whether that means you coach a little bit less because you want to get higher ball rolling time, then that's what's necessary. In fairness, but no, you know, in the day, football's an all weather sport. So we just we do our best and we enjoy being out and playing. The other thing I wanted to ask about is you pointed out the San Francisco 49ers sweatshirt that you have on. Where did the love for the Niners come from? Uh, that came from my dad in fairness. Um, so I've, I've literally from the 49ers been sort of from Joe Montana, Steve Young, Jerry Rice, sort of the bat, that era. So I've been a 49ers fan for a very long time. Managed to see him live in the UK. I've never been to the US, which I do, do plan to get over to San Francisco at some point. Well, although it's not quite San Francisco, but it's close enough. Um, 
Yeah, no, I've always always enjoyed American football. So my son actually, he won't watch football, but he watch American football. In fairness, so every Sunday I'm either watching a 49ers game or watching Red Zone or something like that. And yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, probably as big a, a bigger American football fan as I'm a football fan. In fairness, absolutely love it. Like looking forward to the draft. Although the 49ers haven't got a draft pick till end of the third round, so but no, big American football fan. In fairness. What do you think it was about American football that caught your dad's attention initially? I'm not 100 sure to be honest with you, but for me, I love as a coach. It's interesting the the, the tactical detail they go into, which is so it's, it is completely different to football. In fairness, in terms of there's like the play calling and you know every play, the the minute detail they go into is absolutely fascinating. Where Obviously, it is, it is a different world from football, but it's something I absolutely love, in fairness. It's kind of something I would actually like to get involved with with some American football coaching, but haven't really got the time to do what I'm doing at the moment, so I can't really stretch myself anymore. So what's laid ahead here in the next, as we kind of move through the holidays um, into the summer? You said a lot of stuff with the Girls Academy. Um, are there other teams that you're trying to bring into the club? What kind of things you have planned for the summer yeah so we're near the end of the season with the girls academy we've got a couple of fixtures left um maybe a little break from that for a little while uh concentrate on the community stuff look to sort of make myself better over the summer i think i'll probably look to get onto the the proper i've done the introduction to disability football from the fa but i'm gonna probably do the the proper disability course as well just to to really help myself from that aspect um just lots of coaching, in fairness, and lots of improvement. And then, yeah, some uh, holiday camps, and we'll see where next season takes me in terms of who I'm coaching and what age groups and and stuff like that. So it's going to be an interesting few months. Is there a big push for coaches to work with, uh, you know, those that have disabilities? It's really cool to hear that they have an actual, like, training course to give you a certificate that gives you some ideas on how to best work with them. Is that something in the UK that they're pushing for more? Yeah, I think community trust um, is something that an area that they're looking to build. You know, at the end of the day, everyone deserves to have a chance to play football, whether they're four, whether they're 74, you know. So, yeah, I think football should be inclusive to everyone. So, as I said, it's an area that I'm not that experienced in, so it's an area that I'm looking to improve myself and, and continue to build so I can I can do my best for those I'm coaching. This chat has been awesome, Rob. I'm going to shut it down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats with Rob Porter, and I'm out. Peace. What a great chat. Thanks for checking it out. If you haven't done so already, follow us on Twitter at Coaches Let's Chat. Hit that subscribe button. And once again, if you get a chance, drop a review. It's super, super helpful for growing the podcast. Have a good one. Peace.